show flares up. I am very demonic. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Welcome to... Who, who fucking knows at this point? <laughs> Skincare from the other side. <laughs> no, welcome to Haunted. I can't even say it. Haunted or hoax. You're still stuck on the proton pack. Pop-tarts. <laughs> Pop-tarts. <laughs> you can't know because I'm going to make them one day and trademark them. <laughs> make a million dollars if I don't win the lottery. The filling is literally genius. Yes. But enough about our get rich quick schemes <laughs> that we always keep you in the dark about. And probably will never come to fruition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, we already did this, which is a podcast. And I am Kristen. And I am Jennifer. Welcome. And that's enough <laughs> of that. Of everything. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, what are we talking about today? We are in Ohio and we are talking about a castle, specifically Franken, Frankenstein, Franklin's castle. (laughs) Mary Shelley is the guest. (laughs) Come on in. No, no. Franklin Castle in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. Bet you didn't know there was a castle in Ohio. Bet you didn't know there were ghosts in Ohio either. I didn't. Oh, you know what? That's right. Jennifer didn't. And I looked up this place specifically for haunted I places in Ohio. Said one sarcastic comment, like, are there even ghosts in Ohio? Obviously, obviously. We all know the only city without ghost is North Dakota. <laughs> However, now I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> like 15 seconds later, like, no, I'd say about 10 minutes after we were through conversating, she's like, oh, by the way, Here's some haunted places in Ohio. Yeah. I'm adding them to the list. Like, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Kristen. You're a great co-host. You know what? I try. <laughs> I did try very hard last week because I went through the whole recording with my microphone off. It is on now. So hopefully <laughs> I sound better than I did last week. I didn't Listen, sound terrible, still, but we're still babies. This is only episode like 16, right? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're approaching 40 in episodes, uh, so not in age. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, so this will go much better. I think this is going to be a super interesting top topic. Um, a little confusing, but yeah, we asked on Instagram who should go first, the hauntings or the history. And I want to say it was... 66 to 33 or something percent the people have spoken they just want to hear you more no that's not it I think that like <laughs> I think that they want to hear all the bullshit I have and then oh what <laughs> and they want you to come in and be like you're wrong <laughs> so it works out I can be like yeah this happened you're like absolutely not and it's a good shock factor <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait with this one because this was like if your research was anything like mine this is all over the place it is all over the place it's it's a lot to get into so let's just get into it get into it <clears throat> do it yes okay so franklin castle was actually built for a, a guy named hans tideman or tideman or tideman 
Tiedemann. Tiedemann. Okay. I think that's what, what they say on a few sh- shows. That's, I just, you know, I can't pronounce anything. So. And it's Hans, not Hannes. I don't know. I, I said it was Hans in my head the whole time, but it might be Hannes. To be honest, I don't know. (laughs) So once again, if you guys know, you can shout at us in the comments on our Instagram, what it actually is. You can spell it out. You can. This is, this is all very German. Yes. So feel free to yell at us with a lot of throat. (laughs) I am not German. So I have no leg to stand on. You you are disappointing your ancestors. I usually do. (laughs) So what, how do we say it? Tiedemann? Tiedemann? Tiedemann. Tiedemann. Okay. So Tiedemann built this Victorian mansion castle. I read somewhere that he was a grocer. I saw also saw that he was a banker. He was some sort of businessman. A candlestick maker. Yes. A baker. He had, I saw in different places and I heard on different shows, which we'll get into later, that he, some of my places had, he had three children. He had five children. He had six children. In one of my main sources, it said he moved into the home with his mother, his wife, and their three children. In spoiler alert, Ghost Adventures, they said they had, he had six children, but I guess, and they had, he had lost two or three earlier on before moving into the house, but it's all over the place. It is on, indeed. And then it said shortly after they moved in, his mother, I kid you not, Wybeka, W-I-E-B-E-K-A. You know, in my head, I was calling it Webkins. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> I kept reading it. I was like, I know that's wrong, but. <laughs> Wybeka, Wybeka, I don't know. It sounds like I have. A speech impediment when I say it. And I'm it sounds like you are me in first grade. Right. Jennifer and I went to speech therapy for a very long time to get this out of our systems. It is pronounced Wabaka. <laughs> <laughs> um she, she apparently died in the house. And then af- shortly after, apparently his 15-year-old daughter Emma also died in the house. Okay, so now this is also where things conflict because I saw in some places she was 15 in some places she was 13. And then in some places she was like a little girl. Wow. She had the full spectrum of ages. That's interesting. And it was all Emma. Emma. There is another girl that I'll talk about that is also said to be 13, but yes, Emma had like very varying ages depending on what I watched and what I read. Everybody agreed that she died and she died in the house. Some said that her death was because of her diabetes, but also there were rumors apparently uh, that Hans was responsible because he was an abusive father Mm -hmm. and he had a hand in not only her death, but his other children's death. That was very vague in Ghost Adventures. They did mention that uh, apparently in a, a medium had lived there in the 1990s, uh, no, 1980s, that a medium had lived there and the spirit of Mr. Tiedemann came to her and like basically confessed that he was a really horrible dude. 
And do we have a name for this medium? No. She also apparently shows up in dreams of people who stay there asking if they believe that it's haunted. The so. the medium yeah. shows up in dreams? Like she, an old woman psychic shows up in your dreams asking like, do you believe that the ghosts are here? And it That's invasive. I'm going to need you to not do that. Yeah. This was mostly in the Ghost Adventures episode that I'll get more into a little bit later. Uh, they interviewed this guy who was living there or staying there in 2018 and he had reoccurring dreams. And then later in that episode, Aaron expressed that before they came to investigate, he had a dream that he saw this medium old woman who was like showing him around the house before they came. This was after the interview. He wasn't at the interview, but you know, it's just kind of convenient that he mentions it after they have this interview with this guy. But interesting um, that Aaron was the one with the dream and not Zach. It will be interesting when I get more into some of the stuff this episode had, because Aaron is like a real big focus for once. Good on him. Take control of your life. But yeah, exactly. Just be the star for once. You deserve it. You earned it. But going back before Ghost Adventures ever set foot in this house, when it was more innocent. No. <laughs> The story goes that the endless construction of this castle and the like the decor and the building of like really secret passageways and rooms was to distract Tiedemann's wife from like the tragedy and death that kept occurring in the home. And people said that the home and the family was cursed because their children kept dying. People like who lived in the house kept dying. Like it became a thing where like it was said that the castle was basically draining the family of their energy and life force. How depressing. Right? And I think that's like a common theme with most haunted houses that like you can't move. It's like draining your money and your soul at the same time. So like you can't afford to move. And so it's just like breaking you down. Until you finally just run out of the house and write a book and make all your money back. Exactly. Or, you know, you go bankrupt. I don't know. <laughs> that seems like the more appropriate thing probably happens to more people than some other people we won't name anymore because we're giving them too much power and <laughs> celebrity. <laughs> um, and then I read his wife died apparently of liver disease and he, rem he remarried really quickly after her. It didn't say who he remarried to, but people kind of thought that it was way too quick and that he was somehow responsible for her death. And even like going as far as like, she didn't really die of liver disease. He murdered her. Mm. He also was accused of hanging his own niece in the house, killing a mistress and his illegitimate daughter. Now let's talk about this because the niece and the illegitimate daughter I have seen in many places being one and the same. This whole hanging story, this whole murdering of a illegitimate daughter, the niece and the, and the illegitimate daughter are basically like molded together into like this one kind of person, depending on who you listen to. They refer to her as either the niece or the not legit daughter. Mm-hmm. And some, th some things go as he hung her in the house, in the attic, or he, because of some sort of like 
accusation she made. She had some sort of lover that he wasn't fond of, and he hung her in the basement. Uh, I've seen that she wasn't hung at all, but she was killed somehow um, in an altercation of like he found her with her lover and killed her. It's a lot. The killing of his mistress, I had a very vague kind of mention. The 13 year old, the, the niece that was hanged is supposedly is also 13. Apparently her name was Karen and yet another story said it was because she was insane. Like, I guess she was crazy, which Tiedemann didn't like. (laughs) And so he hung her. Because that's a good way to. Right. I don't. Mental illness. Mental, like mentally ill relatives. Like apparently it was claimed that he wanted to put her out of her misery. Like that's Mm. gross. How merciful. Right. And then when I kept reading on, there was another rumor that it was actually because he caught her in bed with one of his grandsons. And that was when she was the niece, not the illegitimate daughter. Well, let's hope so. But <laughs> you never know. Which is worse. <laughs> there is a woman in black that apparently is seen in like one of these secret tower rooms from time to time. And she is said to be the ghost of a maid named Rachel who like Tiedemann like came on to. And I think this is where this story gets kind of like switched out for the mistress story Mm -hmm. because like she didn't like his commons and she rejected him. So uh, it is rumored that he trigger warning strangled her and murdered her because people when they're up there experience choking sensations and people who spend the night there claim to have heard a woman suffocating which i don't even want to know what that would sound like oddly specific right how do you know what that sounds like that's awful that Um, that sounds like asphyxiation to me right it sounds like somebody's like you know can't breathe and just you know being murdered (laughs) all right maybe we should go up there and see what's happening that sounds kind of like homicide right Exactly. So I don't know. One of the crazier stories that I saw was there was someone who was killed in one of the rooms with an axe. It did not have a name associated to it. It had no like time frame, just mentioned somewhere that somebody was killed with an axe. But also in that same sort of one line story, there apparently was a doctor who lived in the house briefly after the Tiedemanns. Um, and he experimented on, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Sarah specifically skip this part, go 10, 10, 10. Okay. <laughs> he experimented on babies apparently. And there were no less than 12 baby corpses found in a secret room. Oh my God. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was I just wow I just I what (laughs) apparently I think this also comes from like in the 1970s they did find like tiny like children bones apparently in the walls of this castle and I am loving this so much and this is where the baby corpses come from uh baby bones little itty bitty baby bones it was literally 
Really, they just found a jewelry box of children's teeth. Yeah. They found my mom's keepsake box of all my baby teeth. It was really, I guess, you know, technically a lot of parents have little baby bones in their houses. You don't know what we're talking about. Go to the Bell Witch episode. Um, But also, if you don't, if you are, you know, just joining us, we have a few more listeners. What do you do with baby teeth after? Do you just throw them away? We want to know. We've asked Plant this them in your garden. No, what do no. you do? <laughs> Can you, what if you did that just so the next, <laughs> the next owners are just like just digging freaking out? <laughs> Where are all these teeth coming from? It's the new Franklin Castle. Um, but also apparently sounds of babies crying can be frequently heard as well uh-huh. in this place. Let me rewind a little bit because those are like the basic overviews of like some of the hauntings Mm -hmm. (laughs) I saw a rumor that following the sale of the house Tiedemann died of apparently a stroke I cannot confirm that I only saw it one place and Franklin Castle was sold to the German Socialist Party apparently and the reason was because they wanted to use the rumored secret passageways for Nazi medical experiments and spy activity. Spies. German spies in Franklin Castle. So that was just like a non-ghost, but still like outrageous rumor. The Romano family apparently moved in there in, I believe, the 1970s. I'm not exactly sure when they moved in. I do know that apparently they moved out in 1974. They lived in Franklin Castle and claimed that it was haunted and held several exorcisms to try to expel the spirits. When they started to restore it, once they first moved in, the children would often play upstairs. I saw an interview with Paranormal Lockdown It was the first season with Nick and Katrina. So they were a little green, but they did interview two of the Romano children, all grown up, who kind of just reiterated the story of the four children came downstairs and asked for cookies. They wanted to take an extra cookie with them to give to the sad girl who was crying upstairs. And they said that they saw this girl a lot. They played hide and seek with her. She was always really sad and asking for her mom. The woman who had lived there, she said that she tried to give her friend, spirit friend, clothing to wear so she wouldn't mess up her dress when they went outside and played. Mrs. Romano said that she would go up with them. She would not see anyone and the children insisted they were playing with other children up there all the time. Mm -hmm. I want to point something out in Paranormal Lockdown. The two grown-up children of the Romanos basically said that they didn't want to go in there. And basically Katrina and Nick made them go in there. It's my least favorite trope of ghost shows. If you're interviewing someone and they say, I don't want to go into the space. Like I'm uncomfortable. It scares me. It has too many, like, you know, it's just, I don't want to go in there. Don't make them go in there. You can get, don't know the backstory, right? You can get as much information outside on the lawn as you can in the house. And it might not even be a spirit sort of a ghost connected Mm -hmm. thing maybe they have their own other like traumatic things that happen there that they don't want to relive so I hate I hate that I hate when they do that so I kind of just like glossed over the interview I did get the key things but it just really made me 
roll my eyes and just not like the episode as much. The Romanos also said organ music would also fill the house on regular occasions. Um, they don't own an organ, according to them. Uh, they would also hear footsteps, sounds of glasses, the ceiling lamps, and like the ceiling fans would turn on on their own. When the family finally did get help from paranormal investigators, one of them ran out of the house screaming and a priest was asked to perform an exorcism. The priest evidently told them that was there was evil spirits in the house and that they should leave because they were too powerful to remove. And that is when they moved out. Oh, okay. After them, apparently this house was sold to Sam Muscatello, who wanted to turn the place apparently into a church. Heard all these wonderful things. You know what? This is a place of God. <laughs> you say a priest said that this is this place is too evil to handle. I got it. Let's put a choir in here. Sounds like a fixer upper. Yes. Just cleanse it. All you need is the Lord's light and love and a few pack punch sermons on Sunday. <laughs> That'll take care of the evil spirits. That didn't obviously work. Nobody wanted to come to church at his castle. Um, so apparently he decided to turn it into a tourist attraction. He began opening the house to public and gave tours and then people could spend the night there. Apparently he was really intrigued by all the secret passageways as well, trying to like utilize those. And he is apparently the one that found the human bones, the baby bones. And that is when he took the story to the media. I think it's kind of convenient that he apparently found these baby bones in a secret room when he's trying to make money off of this house. Mm -hmm. Just saying, not a sermon, just a thought uh -huh. in this not church castle. Um, I guess eventually he sold it I, I i'm assuming it just wasn't making as much profit as he thought it was because apparently he thought he sold it and that is where we jumped to the medium who then lived there and found out all these horrible things that tiedemann was like god thank god you're here listen i'm a piece of shit you need to tell the world yeah um and be sure people are still thinking about me. Right. In their dreams. Right. Go into their dreams and, and like really manipulate them and drive home that I'm here. Eventually it was apparently, I don't know in what timeline Michelle Heimberger bought the mansion and she was going to restore it. And then unfortunately there was a fire in the nineties and it was partly destroyed and she didn't have the money to fix it. Apparently. In Ghost Adventures, Zach mentions that a man broke in and set the house on fire and told the police it was because there were evil spirits that resided in it and it had to be destroyed. Um, he also said there was something else really scary going on with this man, but then didn't elaborate, said he wasn't at liberty to say, which made me roll my eyes right on my head and fast forward because Zach has this like tendency to give us partial tea and then like never elaborate on the rest of it. And it's annoying. He's like a, he's the worst sort of gossip girl. <laughs> <laughs> the kind that doesn't deliver. 
Exactly. And then I saw it just changed hand a few times. And like, that's part of the, it's part of like the curse is that people don't ever stay there for very long. I saw that like a rumor was apparently the house was bought for a while in the early 2000s and it was supposed to be a club, but it never had anything going on. And then people found out they were short, they were shooting porn movies in there. In the article, it says shooting porn movies. I don't know what like else porn could be. I guess like <laughs> uh, you could just say porn. <laughs> I think that's fine. <laughs> Listen, they wanted to make sure that you knew it wasn't just magazines. It was feature doing, films. They were doing full productions. <laughs> Apparently. I don't know if that's true. It wasn't just a quick in and out thing. Right. Right. <laughs> There's children there anyway uh and then apparently it was just abandoned <laughs> and that's kind of where my rumors and everything kind of stopped and then I went to the television shows and like I said I only watched Paranormal Lockdown and Ghost Adventures and I did that for a reason <laughs> Mostly because it's a good old head-to-head with Zach and his former friend. (laughs) It's like, it's a good mix too, because it's like the first season of Nick and Katrina's show and Ghost Adventures was in 2020. So it's well into the era of uh, Zach, Aaron, Jay, and Billy. So I just thought it was, you know, a good comparison. A good contrast. Yeah. Yeah reportedly according to Katrina and Nick they talk about it in the episode they were the first to explore Franklin Castle in a like ghost investigative show capacity Mm. like they're the first show to be going in there right which I guess is immediately a point for them they're winning (laughs) this first season is really interesting too because it's like they really push home like possession as possible where like in the later ones, you know, Nick just gets possessed immediately when he steps in places. (laughs) I guess once Nick left Ghost Adventures, I'm just going to say this. I'm, I'm guessing when Nick left Ghost Adventures, he really embraced his role as like an empath, almost like medium sort of person and Katrina sort of the same way. So they're all Mm. touched by demons, I guess they were given powers that they don't know what to do with. Except for get on TV except for like be on the travel channel like i said the 13 year old girl that died in this episode apparently is his illegitimate daughter they focused mostly on emma in the paranormal lockdown episode which is the daughter that died either by the hands of her father or diabetes but they treat her like she's a little kid like they're like she likes to play hide and seek like she's like the little girl the romanos were talking about and emma supposedly is like at least 15 but they treat her like she's like seven and it's very weird i'm 16 years old i'm not a child anymore right maybe she's not playing hide and seek maybe she's like get away from me you annoying freaks like that's a 16 (laughs) year old thing (laughs) exactly um but this episode was pretty mundane they see some shadow figures they have some brushes up against nick's leg they hear a lot of knocks 
and you know footsteps that sort of thing there is an evp around 1955 that they they ask emma if she's there and they evp they they believe says yes it sounds to me that it's brushing up against somebody's clothing and it didn't seem like compelling enough to show you mm-hmm. one thing that i did find pretty compelling was in this episode at about 3320 i believe there is a mist that you can see go across a doorway okay. kind of like peeks out um let me just make sure that is a timestamp before y'all call me liars plural yeah bunch of liars me and my personality yeah it is 3320 it's very hard to see if you're not if you're not like watching it on a proper screen um but it's basically just a black sort of misty shadow that kind of pokes out of the doorway and then comes mm-hmm. back in. They replay it several times with the with the, the episode. And that was the most compelling sort of thing I saw. Which is kind of a dud in my opinion. <laughs> there wasn't really anything. Uh, that made my head turn a little bit. But there was nothing really that jumped out at me as like, wow. Let me replay that again and again. Or wow, that kind of really seems like it could be legit. Like an ooh moment. Yeah, not like there was no oh my god mm-hmm. moment in here, which was kind of disappointing given how much they really hyped this place up throughout the episode. They kept saying that they were really drained and they had like really um heavy feeling. They had very like heavy emotions throughout it. At one point, Nick was in this like tower, this small tower room where the lady in black was supposedly. Um, and he reported feeling very dizzy and he was like in a small cramped room that was really dark and disorienting. So I feel like you're going to feel dizzy in that sort of situation and environment. And also they were very like run down and they felt like their energy was drained, but you have to remember paranormal lockdown. They're in that place in that space for 72 hours. Most of the time they're investigating well into like the early morning hours and then they're not really getting a lot of sleep because they're filming during the day too. Mm-hmm. I just tell that, say that because like you have to take it with a grain of salt. Also, every time they kind of got something, it was around 3 a.m. And Nick kept saying, it's 3 a.m. And I kept saying, and I kept saying, I must be lonely. <laughs> <laughs> Matchback 20 was in my head instead of the ghost. But um, clearly you were in it. I was in it. (laughs) So, but yeah, for a paranormal lockdown, I would say if you're looking for some hard hitting evidence, it's not going to be there. It's just, it's just not going to be there. So I want you, you remember the timestamps I gave you. I texted Mm -hmm. you and said, remember these 2129 is pretty compelling. I need you to go to 3423. I need everybody to go to 3423. I think it's interesting because they saw that mist and paranormal lockdown and ghost adventures. They see a shadow. I'm going to ghost adventures. Yes. Go to ghost adventures. It's going to be season. Shark week is here. It is, is. It is shark week. Um, it's season 23 episode two. Oh my God. I, okay. I remember this. Do you remember this? I remember this episode. Okay. So I'm going to, you know, explain it to people at home. So they're in 
the third floor reconstruction or the, the basement sort of first floor reconstruction area. And Billy is doing something and he's standing by this window and he's the only one in that room. And you see like this very tall um, shadow go across the window and it is spooky looking. It's very, it's kind of unnerving looking. Um, It's more spooky until it glides its way across. (laughs) But yes, so it's more spooky because it just kind of shows up and you're like, oh, wow. But then it starts walking and if you if you play this back they play it back a lot a lot of times um if you play this back it pauses and kind of waves and then keeps going i laughed out loud because that zach biggins was like it has an oblong head kind of like an alien and i was like are we ghost adventures or alien adventures you have to pick one you can't have both (laughs) you can't be on both shows no at the same time it has to be separate um and Zach was in command control at the time, uh, and he goes out to the gate to kind of show that there's nobody there. And there's like a there's like a little ditch between the the lawn and the window. What is mm-hmm. that called? I can't remember what it's called. So he says like nobody could be standing that high with it being like so caved in like a ditch right there. I'm not saying it can't be an apparition. I am saying. That even though they didn't see anybody out there, I think it took Zach Bagans more than one second to to go out and investigate the outside to see if anybody walked by. I'm also saying the light that was coming through that window was coming from the street light off the street. You can see a street light Mm -hmm. off the street in this footage. Yes, it is true. The little, I can't even know. I don't remember what's like wall window gutter ditch divot thing. If you stood in that, you wouldn't be tall enough to make this shadow. However, if you are walking by on the street, which this is a residential street, if you are walking by on the street and you're hitting that street lamp, your shadow is going to go long enough to make you look kind of oblong and very tall. Well, it almost looked like somebody was wearing a hat. Like, yeah, like it just looked too intentional. Like yes. you see Did apparitions you see a- and it's, it's just like. It kind of looks like it's waving. <laughs> and I just don't. I like honestly, it just got lost and it stumbled across a film set and it was like, oh, and then just like wandered off. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's not like Ghost Adventures does anything like subtly. Mm-hmm. And you can see they often like take pictures with fans uh, while they're at a location. So in my mind, this really does seem like somebody that was on the street. Their sh- they can see that their shadow is like, on the house and so they kind of just like wave and then they keep going they know that they're filming there that it it did pop up and scare me at first because <laughs> i wasn't expecting it and obviously okay, well, it's a if jarring I was, thing if i was standing where billy was and i looked over and there was a shadow right there that that's like that tall i would probably lose it but i specifically remember watching this episode and being like that's a person yeah like there's nothing eerie about it it's a person yeah. I did find it interesting that they had the shadow figure and then um paranormal lockdown had the like the dark shadowy mist mm-hmm. um suggesting that physical apparitions are kind of a common theme. However, it in a head-to-head composite competition, do I think that Zach Biggins might watch Paranormal Lockdown and get some ideas? I don't know. It came out before their episode, so just saying poltergeist plagiarizing is not very not very it's cool. just ghost writing 
But again, this episode had a few EVPs. I also texted you 2129 as an EVP that Aaron got. Am I listening to that one? Yes, please. It is where I guess Aaron apparently had something come over him where he was, wasn't, he was acting a little bit aggressively. Um, And then this voice comes through. I'll let you listen to it before I tell you what they think it's about. Kill what? Kill you. Kill you. That's what I was going to say. Kill you. That's not what I heard. Yeah. It sounds like it says, can you? Yeah. Or will you? Yeah, it doesn't sound like kill you to me. They basically say it, it sounds like kill you. And the story before is that it, there was a stinging sensation on the back of Aaron's neck and he was acting kind of like aggressive towards Billy f- suddenly for no reason. And then like they get this this EVP that apparently they interpret as kill you. I can kind of get like a can you or something, but also I'm a little bit jaded. <laughs> I guess after our talk <laughs> with our ghost expert and does this sound just like something like a hand or something moving up against a, mm. like, an, like a going like a, like a, a swiping motion almost like it got bumped or something. I mean, honestly, it kind of sounds like Aaron whispering. Yeah. Like I can, I could hear it as a voice I can also hear it as just like kind of weird feedback mm-hmm. um but or it could be a, it could be a ghost threatening Aaron like I said in this episode he was the target of a lot of of the stuff he got a lot of the EVPs he was the one that was being touched a lot he was the one that um it was a Zach Bagan said at the at the time it was 88 degrees in the castle because there's no air conditioning and Aaron had goosebumps all over his body and his hair raising on end at at one point so Aaron was really having his Zach Bagan's moment at Franklin Castle Hmm. which makes me want it to be haunted so bad just so we can validate him (laughs) after everything he's been through throughout the years but I mean, nothing of, of their other evidence was super, again, made me go, oh my gosh, there's definitely something there. Have a picture from onlyinyourstate.com that somebody took of a light anomaly while on a tour from the outside that I will show you. And I will put on our Instagram, obviously. I'm going to put it in our chat. Kind it's of a vortex. A, it's a vortex. So I said, I first saw it. I was like, it's a vortex from Bernadina Beach. No, it's a light anomaly. It's going across the one of the windows of the tower where I think one one of the stories is the black lady, the black uh, dress lady. They just claim this where they're not sure if it's a ghost encounter, but it is scary nonetheless. According to them, uh, the person who took this photo, which they didn't credit on only in your state which is not very nice not nice the person who took the photo claimed that the mysterious white streak pictured wasn't visible in the other photo that he took but there's no comparison photo so i could not compare one to the other yeah i would need to see that to know for sure because like is that a street lamp is there a mirror in there that's like reflecting Reflecting. something weird yeah is there somebody in there i mean it was owned by people so is there somebody in there 
during the renovations having a flashlight or something you just don't know mm-hmm. um, without that that control photo so whenever you take ghost photos remember to take multiple photos and show your before image the one thing that i did find interesting is that ghost adventures mentioned there was a 39 year old son named carl who died by suicide he's there's all they're the only ones that mentioned him and a friend of the Tiedemann family claims that he did not die from suicide. He was in a car accident and they think that he was disoriented from this accident, had some sort of brain trauma that went on and he fell off of the bridge. Other people claim that this Carl was plagued with nervous tension months before this accident and months before he died from the house. He was uneasy and despondent and that led up to the events that happened. Zach Biggins in Ghost Adventures is the only one that I saw mention this story. I did not find it anywhere else in my research. The friend of the family of Tiedemann's also was trying to really downplay the hauntings of this place and downplay like the curse. He was very, very staunchly against the the rumors that uh, Tiedemann was a murderer and a child abuser. And Zach more or less said, well, he's a friend of the family, so he's going to say that. And basically trying to discredit him, which why have him on the show anyway? Yeah, why are you going to interview him if you're not even going to like... If you're just immediately going to bash on his opinion. Exactly. So, so yeah, that's basically all I have. <laughs> Those are the You said rumors. Carl was his son? That's what they said. 39-year-old son, Carl. I don't know if it was like of a later Tiedemann that was connected to the house or. And I'm sorry, the friend of the family, like, was he decrepit? Like, how old was this man? He was younger, but like he was friends, fr- like friends of descendants of the Tiedemann family. Mm-hmm. so that's all i have that was a lot it's a lot of chaotic shit and i don't know if any of it's real like i said although ghost adventures and paranormal lockdown had a lot of knocking and banging and little mists here and there nothing nothing that was like oh definitely there's ghosts definitely it feels haunted so I'm interested in seeing if any of this stuff is true. I will tell you all about it after the break. We'll be right back. Be right back. Hey, I'm Shan. And I'm Troy. And we are going on a little murder road trip. Where every Sunday we take you to a new state alphabetically to tell you the story of murder, spooks, and everything in between. Yes, join us every Sunday for bad jokes, murder, and ghosts. It doesn't get much better than that. So grab your snackies, get on in, and we're going to go on a murder road trip. We're back. Are you ready? I am ready. I was just going to say, I hope everybody enjoyed that little ad break for murder road trip. Boop pod network, friend of the pod. Go check them out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway i am ready to hear all of these things are true and this is the most haunted place we've ever talked about I'm okay <laughs> all right so we have a couple of different sources my like bones is going to be wikipedia okay but i have receipts so okay. according to wikipedia the house is being built from 1881 to 1883. Okay. 
file those dates, write them on a sticky note, stick them in your boobs, or whatever mm-hmm. you want to do. No, no, don't do that. However, according to the tax assessor, it was built in 1864. So I don't know about that. But Hans Tiedemann, his wife, Louise, and his mother, Webkin, also <laughs> moved into the house. Please let it be known it was his mother, not his mother-in-law, Okay, that moved in with them. I looked in many, many, many places, and everyone that was telling the ghost story said it was his mother-in-law. It was not. Her last name was Tiedemann. Her last name is Tiedemann on the headstone. So unless things got really weird and uncomfortable, she is absolutely his mother. <laughs> but regardless, according to most sources, they moved in in 1883. Okay. The Tiedemanns had a total of six children. Gotcha. Six. Wilhelm, mm-hmm. he died at 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. August, who was born in 1864 and died in 1906, he died at the age of 42, married with two children. Okay. Both of his children lived to adulthood. Gotcha. Emma was born in 1865. She died in 1881. So her headstone says died at 15 years, but her all her headstone also says it, it looks like, to me, it looks like it says 1891, not yeah. 1881. Yeah, you put the picture in the chat and it does look to me like it says 1891 but maybe just like a chunk of the eight the second eight came off oh you know what yeah okay so it looks like once you at a glance it says it looks like it says 1891 but if you look like zoom in and look into this year it it you can kind of see that it is an eight but a chunk of it the stone has come off i see pretty perfectly but it is so Anyway, Emma, it very clearly says that she died 15 years, two months on her headstone. Mm. 1881, though, is what we're going with. Ernst, or Ernest, uh, he was born in 1869 and died in 1870 at the age of six months. Mm. Dora, who was born in 1871, she died in 1906. She was married with two children one of which survived to adulthood. Okay. And Albert, who was born in 1873 and died in 1873 at the age of two months. So if we go off the general consensus that they moved into the house in 1883, that leaves two children that ended up surviving into adulthood that were actively living in the house. But three children total, right? That two. survived into adulthood? Only two mm-hmm. of them? Two. Okay. Emma... She lived to be 15. But she wasn't really an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was just August and Dora. Okay. I will say that I remember, if I'm remembering correctly, which I'm pretty sure I am, Ghost Adventures mentions that all six children did not live. So that is factually wrong on their part. Just saying. Um, so they all move in. The mother-in-law... I also saw that they were saying the mother-in-law was like one of the first people to die in the house. Mm -hmm. First off, it was his mother. Second off, (laughs) she passed away in 1881 as well. Okay. So she would have been dead before they moved in. Gotcha. 
if they moved in in 1883. If they moved in in 1881, there might be a different story, but we don't really know when they moved in. So this is just what I'm going off of. A little bit of background about Hans, because I was like, well, did he like come over from Germany and like move right into this house? No, he was born in Prussia because okay. that's what year we're in. And then he immigrated from Germany to New York in 1848 with his family. Like his father had already passed, but it was his mom and his siblings. He initially worked as an apprentice to a barrel maker, which ended him in Royalton, Ohio. From there, he moved to Cleveland around 1855 and worked for, of course, a grocer. Okay. By 1864, he himself was, of course, a wholesale grocery store owner. Gotcha. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to make money, own a grocery store. Honestly, people are constantly going there and spending money. Mm-hmm. The name of his grocer, Wiedemann and Tiedemann. <laughs> the thunder laughed as well. He sold his interests in the grocer, grocer and founded and became vice president of Savings and Trust Company. By 1907, he had retired from United States or United Savings and Banking Company of Cleveland, where he had become president. He had also become involved in other banks around the area but he started as a barrel maker and made it a made a barrel of money and left he okay so he you know he was moving on up to the east side but after you're a grocer the only way that you make more money is to become a banker you take all the money that you made and you're like you know what i'm gonna buy the place where i'm keeping the money Mm -hmm. i mean smart it's a smart plan yeah because where do people go before they go to the grocery store? They go to the bank to get they their money. The bank. You don't go to the bank after you go to the grocery store. Not anymore. Most people just do it from their phones. But back you know, then. You know what I mean? I also saw there was a, discu- a discussion that he fathered a child from a woman or with a woman named Ella Mae Clark. But directly according to Wiki, like the citation stated that it's an unreliable source. So... If Wiki is saying that it's an unreliable source, then I'm not even going to entertain it. No, no. Because okay. I'm already on thin grounds using Wikipedia as my bones. Well, you know. In 1895, Louise died at the age of 57 of apparent liver failure. I was not able to check, li- check this. But if you look at the fact that Emma allegedly died of diabetes, it might make sense. Yeah, the tracks. Yes. If you have diabetes, which can be hereditary, does run in families, diabetes can call you to cause you to have fatty liver disease, which can cause you to go into liver failure. Yeah. So also, if Louise did have diabetes, this would make her pregnancies very high risk. It can lead to birth defects and it can also lead to stillbirths. Mm-hmm. Just throwing that out. Oop. Throwing that out into the universe. It's a curse, though. It's diabetes. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Wiki also says that he remarried a woman named Henrietta. Again, it specifically says that there's no citation for this. So they're just like, this is bullshit. And I'm tempted to agree. <laughs> um, it allegedly says that the, marry, the marriage only lasted a year. And this caused the beginnings of rumors and of the circumstances of Louise's death. But... I really just feel like everything adds up. Like if people are saying that Emma died of diabetes and Louise died of liver failure 
And then we had all of these really young infant deaths. I mean, like, infant mortality at this time was not the greatest, but it pretty much tracks. Yeah. And I mean, it's not a credible source, um, but he could have remarried because some guy, some men, you know, they just really can't be alone. They just, you know, they need that companionship. So it could be that he just, you know, married somebody quickly and grief and processing and everything. And it just didn't last, you know, yeah. nothing sinister. No, just life, just marriage. Uh, Wiki goes on to state that Han sold the house to the Mulhauser Houser, no, family in eighteen ninety. So sharp! <laughs> Stop yelling at us. He sold it to this family in eighteen ninety six, and it goes on to dramatically state that quote by nineteen oh eight he and the entire Tiedemann family were dead, leaving no one to inherit his considerable personal wealth. Yikes! Which he, to be fair, he did outlive his immediate family by two years he unfortunately had to bury all six of his children Mm. however he still had three grandchildren still alive so this man did not die alone okay i mean he he might have apparently he died in a park of a stroke um but there might have been people around so the (laughs) if not family the nice woman who feeds the birds was there (laughs) Mr. Banks, is that you? Oh, <laughs> I have tuppence not, from your bank. It's not funny. Death is not funny and neither is stroke. However, this is a long, long time ago and we don't know what happened and I'm sure enough time has passed. Okay, go on. I mean, it might be true. I don't know. Anyway, so he <laughs> apparently died of a massive stroke while he was on a walk in a park. This is in 1908. Mm-hmm. And it says, quote, he died of a stroke quote though it has been claimed that he died due to complications relating to arterial sclerosis this disease is literally the thickening and hardening of the walls of the arteries which leads to a stroke like are we are we gonna like get into the debate of is it pneumonia or covid next like yeah it's anyway the same so thing it's the same he, thing he had a stroke yeah so he had sold it to the house, to the Mulhauser family. From there, the house served as a few things. And unfortunately, the tax assessor's records only go back to the 70s. So I couldn't track it completely. However, there is a foundation called the Encyclopedia of Cleveland History, manned by Case Western Reserve University, where they are keeping a history of all of Cleveland's history. And they went through and told me who was in this house. Are you ready? Yes. In case you didn't know, Ohio is very German. And I'm not talking like Helen German. I'm talking like legit. Okay. All the brats. Gotcha. It was the home of the German Singing Society. Okay. The Deutsch Socialisten. And the, I'm not even going to try this, but the buildings Zverin, it's like a singing club. So with all those German names, obviously the accusations that followed were, you know, Nazis, which considering that the Deutsch Socialist and Socialist and I'm so sorry, literally translates to the German socialists. 
But they also hosted a lot of singing parties there as well. I mean, Nazis probably like to sing. I don't know. <laughs> just saying. Oh, you haven't seen the the parades where they actually sing? <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, I it, it got a little suspicious once everything was translated. I mm. could kind of see it. Spies? I don't know. But they use the secret tunnels mm, to get around okay. Ohio. I am going to get to that. Okay. All right. So now that everybody is through singing and yodeling, we're going to go into the 1960s. James Romano. I'm sorry. Is yodeling German? No, I think it's Swedish. <laughs> I didn't know. I was honestly like, it's yodeling German. <laughs> it's like Alpsy. <laughs> Listen, you're all white, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) I'm Scandinavian. I don't know any of these things when it comes down to it. Anyway, we're in the 60s. James Romano and his family, which is his wife and six kids, have moved into the home. This tracks on the tax assessors. I'll just read this passage to you. You pretty much hit the nail on the head. The Romano family reported several encounters with their ghosts in their new home and attempted exorcisms and even had a now defunct ghost hunting group, the Northeast Ohio Psychical Research Society, N-O-P-R-S. Nopsers? Nopers. Nopers? (laughs) We don't know anything about ghosts. (laughs) That's why we're shutting it down. They had these people come on and investigate the castle. In 1974, they decided they wanted to leave, which is where the tax assessors pick up. And you can see that they sent it over and sold the house to Sam Muscatello. They did not write a book, to my knowledge, just to be clear. He wanted, so Sam wanted to turn, like you said, the castle into a church. Mm -hmm. So let me set the record straight. It wasn't that the church failed that he started the ghost tours. All right. He needed the ghost tours to start the church. He said, sorry, what? How am I going to fund the Lord's work? I'm going to give tours of this haunted castle and also make them pay extra if they want to stay overnight. I'm going to exploit the demons before I expel them. It took everything in me for me not to like text you when I read that. I literally giggled at that. What's the sentence on wiki? To raise money for the church, haunted house tours and overnight stays at the castle were offered. Come to the church fundraiser. There's ghosts. All right. So when that didn't all work out, Sam and... Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Sounds like a solid business plan to me. Sam went in with another reverend, Tim Swope. So him and Reverend Swope were on this ride together. Swept up in the... All swoped up in the mess. <laughs> so when all that didn't work out, I genuinely agree that he decided to just plant a body in the house. Yes. <laughs> but they did find bones. Baby bones. No. Oh. He said, and this is a direct quote from a newspaper article. Okay. I wish, okay, I'm turning this so I can watch your, your reaction. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm in anticipation. I have no idea what you're going to say. Well, you're going to have to wait because I I lost my spot. (laughs) (laughs) He said, quote, I was cutting through the wall. I just wanted to make another mysterious passageway. (laughs) I put in parentheses, you know, for church things, I guess. (laughs) For the youth group. God. (laughs) 
where am I supposed to keep the wine? There's no wine cellar. I need a mysterious, literally, he said, mysterious passageway. (laughs) I need to make this place a little bit more creepy before I I bring everybody here to worship and praise the lord (laughs) mom i just wanted to make another mysterious passageway god uh, literally (laughs) praise he needs it he continues on to say i proceeded to walk and as i got to a corner i made a turn i had a light in my hand i looked out and there they were bones (laughs) it's just tempris brennan <laughs> it's just it's just the actress that plays bones just standing there hey <laughs> it's about time you let me out i almost missed where service. are the cameras <laughs> i just want to touch on the passageways real quick now that we're like you know focusing on them it has yes. been clarified that the only quote passageways were servant stairs connecting the upstairs to the downstairs it is super common in a lot of nice homes you know, you don't want those interminglings of the help because gotcha. they're diseased and gross, you know? Right. Of course, not, they're not lower. Really treat people like people, please. The article, it was from 1975 and they were doing an interview and I, there were there were multiple newspaper articles about these bones that have been found. The coroner in the article states that the bones have been dead a long time. They were very dried out and very fragile to the touch. And it was not even a full body. Like, it wasn't a skeleton. It was two leg bones and part of a pelvis. Mm. Which, if you know anything about forensics, you can't do much with a partial pelvis. You need the entire the entire set to figure out what the sex is. Gotcha. So, part of the pelvis and two leg bones, they couldn't really do much. No skull. It was just very convenient bones. No baby bones. So the coroner says that there's no way to determine age, race, sex, or even how old the bones were. Another article a couple of years later states that according to some specialists, the bones were about 80 years old. Like they had been in the attic or in this mysterious passageway for 80 years, which puts them being placed in that spot at about 1895. Okay. When did I say... That he sold the house. So about this is a bad pop quiz because I can't remember. It's okay. I've been throwing out a lot of dates. If you're following along at home, he sold the house in 1896. His wife died in 1895. Gotcha. That's as much as I know about those bones. That's where no. Where are the bones? Yeah. Whatever. Where's happened the to rest? Them? Where's the rest of the body? How do the bones get there? Where do they come from? Did you check for dirt? Did you check the nearby cemeteries to see if any of the dirt's a little loose? Yeah. Well, I supposedly there's like a, I saw on Ghost Adventures, I, there's like a little, like what looks like a little graveyard in the backyard. I don't know. It's like, it has, it has like little random, what looks like headstones. They never went out and really explored it, but um, they kind of flash it onto the screen a few times but i don't know if that was just like you know pet cemetery or something (laughs) little halloween tombstones that they like to leave out the back yeah from when they you know it was a church haunted house yes um but yeah who knows where like what happened to them what did you what did you do with them afterwards where do they live not in the house no but they definitely were human remains just to clear that up definitely found bones we don't know much about them they're from the 1800s but not baby bones. Do you think that me saying they were from the 1800s 
bothers, like would bother people as much as people saying that we're from the 1900s because these are 1895. Mm. No, it's just easier to say it that way. But I think it's kind of cool to, to say that we're from the 1900s. We're from a different era. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so Reverend Swope, you remember Mr. Tim, uh, he purchased a house with Reverend Sam. This is a separate article. He insists that the ghost of Karen, this is in the article, this says church to occupy haunted castle. So this is still pretty early on, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, Reverend Swope insists that the ghost of Karen, who this they state is a 13-year-old girl who was murdered during an argument with her father and boyfriend and then hung to make it look like a suicide in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. He insists that she is not evil. They oh, really... Good. They really focus on Karen. He simply calls on Karen to make her presence known. And she starts screaming about talking to a manager. No, but she (laughs) usually, he says she usually quote performs for visitors by placing her hand on someone's neck or shoulder. Ew. And he calls on her. He calls on Karen to make her presence known. Ew. That's gross. She's 13. My dude, even if she's dead, don't be calling on little girls. She ain't no hollaback girl. Exactly. Um, and I also didn't like that he used the word performs because that's a little gross to me. Yes. So I guess things didn't work out for the reverends because they sold the house in 1976. It sold again in 1978 and a few more times thereabouts. It actually has switched hands a good bit. Um, interestingly enough, Judy Garland's fifth husband purchased it in, eight, in 1985. I suppose a name would be nice. Judy is the only one that matters in this situation. You are correct. Mr. Garland V bought the house. Michael Davinko. If that's not, I bet you he's I don't know what it is. I'm sure, didn't she only like marry directors and producers? No, I have to look up. He was American. He was an American musician and entrepreneur. Oh, he was her last husband. Hmm her fifth and final anyway he purchased it in 18 oh my god in 1985 full plans to restore it he was actually really interested he did a lot of effort to like purchase back original furniture but it sold in 1999 to michelle heimberger mm-hmm. who made her money in yahoo stocks apparently she Ooh. also had plans of restoring it but the house was damaged in a fire in the same year she did do repairs to it, but no restoration was fully completed. And as of 2011, the house is owned by Oh Dear Productions LLC, a record company who keeps their records in the mysterious passage in the basement. Yes. The end. <laughs> wow. I noticed that there's no mention of experimental things on babies in your story. No shit. And I forgot about Carl, damn it. So. And Carl- let me talk about Carl for a second. Okay. Carl is made up. No, <gasps> Hans grandson. Okay. Carl is the son of August. Okay. Carl died at the age of 38 in 1929. Okay. So this newspaper article is from December 20 or shit, December 17th, 1929. It says, 
efforts were made here today to determine the motive of the suicide of Carl Tiedemann, 39, woolen goods manufacturer. Okay. Tiedemann leaped 50 feet from the Clark Avenue Bridge here to his death in the Cuyahoga River Flats yesterday evening, just a few minutes after his automobile had sideswiped two other cars on the bridge. According to the two motorists with whose cars the manufacturer's automobile had collided, Tiedemann assured them he was in the wrong and promised to take care of their damages. Then, smiling, Tiedemann walked to the railing of the bridge and suddenly leaped over. My God. Business associates and relatives of the man could advance nothing but conjecture as to the cause of the suicide. They said they knew of no business reverses, although during the last year it had been noticed Tiedemann was under a a particular nervous tension. Hmm. So that is actually a true story. That is very interesting. That is so disturbing. Yeah. That he like kind of sideswept these people and then just kind of smiled and then just walked off to his death. That is wild. Do I think it's evil spirits that were in the house or a family curse? Yeah, he wasn't even in the house at this point. House has been long sold. Yes. I think that maybe he had some underlying mental illness that was not being taken care of. And just because somebody takes their own life doesn't mean that there's some sort of big catalyst situation that um, happened like in business or personal life or something. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people can seem totally fine. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately they, they make that decision and it's awful, but that does not mean, you know, you could be haunted by something other than demons. You can be. Oh, he looks like a nice guy. He looks like an actor. Yeah. Did they not have collars in the 1920s? What is That's a style. What is this? He's a reverend. No. Oh. <laughs> he is not. <laughs> well, um, That's cool that it's true. I mean, it, it sucks that it happened. Right. But... It's awful that it happened, but it's, it's cool that they mentioned it and it's actually something that's truthful. Mm-hmm. I don't think this place is haunted. You think that it's a hoax? Yeah. Mm. I was waiting for some groundbreaking evidence, but I'm just not any. convinced. I didn't have any for you. I'm here to say that just because a place is old does not mean that it has ghosts. And I would like to also point out just because some really sad things happen in a house does not mean that it has ghosts. It is very sad that, you know, his family died and, you know, he, you know, his wife died and his children died young in infancy and his daughter died. Um, But it really kind of seems like people were taking this man's life and his story and his big old house, this big old really pretty house and just trying to make a a quick profit. Yeah. And I mean, it is like a it's a different house. It's so cool. And you look at it and you're like, that should be haunted. But just yes. because it should be doesn't mean it is. Right. And it really seems like the stories and the rumors about him being this horrible, horrible, horrible person came out l- later after the supposed body was found, these brittle, brittle bones. And um, 
everywhere I saw Kent mentioning this medium, not by name, I wouldn't want to get my name out there either after I said all these horrible things about this person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just kind of seems like she was just trying to be in on the spectacle. Yeah. The um, education, what the heck is it called? Connection. <laughs> the Encyclopedia of Cleveland History even states that it doesn't seem like ghost stories came around until like the 1960s. Right. And I think that if you look at, you know, Amityville and some of the other places that we've done, I think Hinsdale House too, that have all these like sensationalized like ghost stories and everything in that like 1960s, 1970s period. I feel like there's a, a rise in sort of like a special kind of like spiritualism mm-hmm. that in that time frame that not a lot of people really talk about as a sort of cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was a rise of spiritualism way back before that, when people were doing seances in their houses and people were traveling and doing the ectoplasm sort of pictures and everything. That was a huge, huge movement. Yeah. I think this happened on a smaller scale where people were writing books about their experiences and, you know, getting the media out there and like talking to newspapers and like giving tours of their haunted homes. Well, and I think we got to see like the after effects from that in the satanic panic. Right. Right. And like suddenly it was, you know, demonic, yeah, demonic forces instead of just when they were doing the traveling shows and everything, it was just like right. actual spirits, your loved ones coming through sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that maybe Franklin Castle kind of just got caught up in that. But there are some truths behind the, some of the stuff that people say. Yeah. I'm very yeah. happy. I'm very happy that there's no truth behind the baby experiments. That was very jarring to read. Yeah, no, very I have awful. no idea where that came from. I have did just don't. It just should not be a thing. Um, and I really think that Mr. Tiedemann was not somebody who would kill an illegitimate daughter or niece or his own children, like his own legitimate children. I don't think mm-hmm. that happened. Um, so I am trying to, I'm tempted and mostly on the side of hoax for this one, especially because um, a lot of the bangs and footsteps and stuff that you hear on the tv shows especially ghost avengers if you watch this episode all the bangs and the footsteps just sound really convenient Mm. like they're already being recorded yeah that's kind of what i was like i had a feeling you were going to say something like that like this seems like something that the occurrences would seem placed yes just because people want it to be haunted. Right. But if you've gone on one of those tours and you've had an experience, right. If you just, it. Yeah. If, and if you were like, absolutely, I had this thing happen to me and it's super haunted, please let us know. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I would welcome it. Always welcome to be proven wrong. If I feel like something's not haunted. Agreed. But yeah. Great Good job. job. Wow. <laughs> fantastic job from all next week we are going to the west coast washington we're gonna um we're gonna visit some vampires right you know where twilight is i'm not (laughs) um so what is your sage moment my sage moment 
this is not my stage moment, but I am like almost all the way through Love Island UK. And if anybody else is watching, um, you need to explain some things to me. I guess I'll get caught up and then I might agree. I might not agree, but there's certain characters on this season that people really don't like. and I'm not understanding. Um, anyway, uh, just a little update on my reality show watching. <laughs> my actual stage moment is uh, this coming Sunday when we're recording on Friday. So July 31st is my two-year wedding anniversary with my husband. So congratulations to us. Yay. <laughs> we're going to go out and celebrate this weekend. Um, for those of you who don't know, Zach and I personally, not Zach Biggins, wouldn't it be funny if I was like frying up my husband the whole time? Um, It'd be more comical that you actually <laughs> married him. Right, exactly. Um, my husband, Zach, and I have been together for almost 14 years, but we've been married for two. So that's exciting. Um, and I love him a lot. So that's my stage moment. Does it feel like two years? Um, No, Zach says it feels like longer, like forever. I kind of can I can kind of get that too. It just feels like it's been a little bit longer than two years, but that's how, yeah, that's what Joe and I say every time. It's like, we've only been married. Like we just hit our five year. Yeah. I think it's also because like we've been together for so long. Mm -hmm. It just, you know, doesn't feel too, doesn't feel like it encapsulates the whole thing properly, but, mm -hmm. but yeah. Well, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Hopefully we'll have a lot of fun. We're going to go out to dinner and do something, do something just for us. We haven't gone out on a date in a while. So fun stuff. What is your sage moment? So speaking of anniversaries for our anniversary, I got Joe a 3d printer mm -hmm. and he's been making a lot of fun things. I've shown you my cow and my pig, my dog. Yes. They're all very cute. However, he's started making things that to be honest make me a little uncomfortable oh no i'm so afraid yeah. of what you're just showing me on the screen what is that oh my god what is that <laughs> what is that face it's like a, a face with an with octopus legs is that the rock is that dwayne the rock johnson as an octopus it's a rock <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> he should sell those <laughs> he's impressive I love him <laughs> he is a little creepy though <laughs> the first thing that he made was a rock lobster gotcha it was the rock with a lobster body gotcha got it <laughs> wow doesn't this face look like something that you would just like see next to your bed though like I was In like your... are you summoning like the scorpion king or something into our home that's awful it's like great but awful <laughs> gruffle um yeah i'm speechless <laughs> for some reason when you're like you've seen the cow you've seen the pig you've seen the dog for some reason i thought you were gonna pull out like a giant 3d printed horse or something no. My horse figure days are gone. Now it's just rock lobsters and rock octopuses. <laughs> rock to pie, I suppose. Um, but them. I will, <laughs> I'll take a picture of it so you can put it on the gram. Yes. We'll put it on the Instagram and you guys let us know if you want to buy some. 
It'll be our merch. Just just take this one so it gets out of my house. (laughs) Well, nice. Um, Yeah. Speaking of Instagram, just one more thing before we go. We are launching a Instagram contest that will be going up when this episode goes up. It will go through the almost entire month of August and you'll have to get the details from Instagram. You'll have to like and follow us, um, but there'll be some pretty cool prizes, uh, including, yes. yeah, including uh, some Sage Moment uh, candle merch from Scaredy Cat Candles. That first contest that we did, I have some new stuff for you. Um, but yeah, so make sure that you're following us on socials. Yes, for sure. We're excited. Very, very excited. That's it. That's all we got for you. That was a good one. I think so. We hope you do too. It's okay if you don't though. Right. Just listen to us next time. We'll get better and better or we'll go downhill. We don't know. Or we'll backtrack and forget (laughs) our mics. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's fine. (laughs) But regardless, we will talk to you next week. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. As always, we love getting suggestions from you guys. Be sure to send us your recommendations of stories to cover, locations to visit, ghost tours to go on, and all that good stuff. You can send it to hauntedorhoaxpod at gmail.com or DM us on social. Yeah, you can find all of our links to social as well as episodes and blogs on our website, hauntedorhoax.com. And if you feel like helping us out, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or just drop us a few stars on Spotify. Bye. Bye.